You're listening to Our Space with Matt Batiste. You've probably come across our guest today on your For You page, your Instagram Reels, or on YouTube. He's a comedian, a content creator, and I swear most of you have already sent me his latest song, uh, My Life is the Worst Life Ever. It is Kyle Gordon. Welcome, man. Thank you so much for coming on the pod today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Super psyched. Your song is probably the one song or video that people have DM'd me the most since I started making emo content. Like, you know, every now and then I'll kind of get the odd video of a stand-up comedy thing or like another reel or sketch, but everyone is sending me your video. Like, it is like <laughs> hella viral. I love it. Yeah, I mean, mission accomplished. I'm I'm very excited. And uh, yeah, that it's very cool. And it's been very cool to see how people like in the pop punk emo alternative world have like embraced it. I like couldn't have asked for anything more. It's very cool. I think it's just because it's so genuinely funny that it it's just I don't know like and also it feels like you're laughing with us not at us. Yeah, and that's a big that was that's big for me um because this is you know it's my newest song, newest single release, but it's one song on a whole album um that's coming out on March 1st called Kyle Gordon is Great and each song on the album is a parody of a different genre. Um, and particularly this song, but really every song on the album is like, this is music that I enjoy and genuinely listen to. And I hope that comes through and comes across. Um, but you know, the big thing I was telling, you know, I was focused on when, um, you know, recording the song and filming the music video was like, it, it, it's, it's, it ought to feel authentic. Like if it doesn't feel authentic, then it, then that's where that dynamic that you were describing, uh, you know, like laughing at or, you know, condescending to like yeah, that people can pick up on that so quickly. And like if I if it hadn't been authentic, I think people would have immediately recognized that. So authenticity was like the the name of the game when I was putting everything together. So did you have like a an emo phase or are you big into emo music? Was that sort of the inspiration behind the song? So I wouldn't say that like when I was young, I had an emo, like a hard emo phase, but like, um, like, like as you could tell on this album and the way I consume music, I go through, like, I just love absorbing like genres and subgenres and wanting to understand everything about them. So I didn't really have a anything phase. I was just kind of like class clown kid growing up. So I would say when I was really young, like, so I'm 31 now. So like right in middle school, American Idiots coming out, My Chemical Romance, uh, Blink-182 is kind of entering their sort of like, I miss you, darker phase. Um, and, and then, you know, a lot of that stuff was like, uh, you know, uh, as someone who was like absorbing a lot of what was on pop radio and was like, you know, hits and stuff like you even had like AFI, like Miss Murder was like a hit. Like that was yeah. a big, big song. So like as someone who was just absorbing all pop music and pop radio, um, that was just like in the water, the water that you were like swimming in back then. And then as I got older, I got more into like, you know, emo, as you know, more than anyone is a very fraught term. So like, <laughs> you know, getting into more of like, American football and the promise ring and, you know, get up kids, things like that. Um, so my, my taste kind of runs the gamut, but it's definitely, it's definitely music that I like love and have listened to for a, a long, long time. 
it sounds like you're like a music lover just in general, right? Like I think I grew up that way. It always really was, you know, I think I had more of an, the emphasis on sort of like the emo and pop punk, but like I still listened to all of these other random things or you, you had to be sort of like in a bubble to not be taking in a lot of the pop culture uh, as well. And I think a lot of people also forget that, like, like you said, Miss Murder was on MTV, you know? Right. exactly rise against ready to fall was huge at that time you know and these were all songs that were getting radio airplay and they were getting their music videos on mainstream television and it was like counterculture but it was also you know pop culture at the very same time yeah and i think this music in particular occupies such a strange interesting place at that time because it's like the you know you look at the pop charts in like 2005 2006 it's like you know D4L Laffy Taffy then it's like Miss Murder then it's like Death Cab for Cutie then it's you know Gwen Stefani I mean it, you know and like Fergie Black Eyed Peas it's like it's a really I feel like when I was growing up like there was such diversity on the pop charts you know which is so um we don't really have that anymore. Yeah, right. I, it's and I think because everyone is so siloed. I think now, like I don't know, maybe I could be wrong about that, but I think there was it was still this last gasp of like there was sort of a, a mainstream pop culture and mainstream um, like everyone was sort of tech tuned in, or it felt like everyone was tuned into what was like the mass culture. The the popular girls they might have been listening to Gwen Stefani, but they also were listening to like Blink-182 or like I'm Not Okay. You know, like that was like, it's pop music. And even if they didn't like it or they sort of it, it didn't admit to liking it, they still knew what that song was. I feel like that's sort of the biggest shift with media from back when we were going up to today is that back then it was sort of like pop culture was what was on MTV. It's what was on the radio and everybody was consuming the same thing. Whereas now... Everything is so tailored to you specifically with the For You page that it's like, you know, people out there might not know who you are, even with billions of views and millions of, of followers. But it's like you're a celebrity to other people because you're like, oh, he's on my For You page all the time. Mill- you're on millions of people's For You page. Um, and that's just sort of like the weird way that pop culture is sort of consumed in that huge shift, right, of it being so tailored for – there's massive tiktok stars with like 50 million followers that i've never even heard of you put it perfectly like that's how i feel and it's it's actually pretty nice because like the the way i describe it is like i'm not tom cruise like i can't it's not like i can't leave my house and the paparazzi are chasing (laughs) me around but it's like it is this thing of like um because yeah because everyone's feed is perfectly tailored to them there are people for whom like i am a celebrity a few, but like, and then to the rest of the world, they have no fucking clue who I am. <laughs> you know, it's like, you can is... go to Disney World and you'll be fine. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't need a bodyguard for sure. Like, so it's, but it's, it's very, it's, it's odd, I think, but it's also new. So I, it's like, I don't think people have fully digested like what it means or how, how this is going to change how like, 
pop culture generally. I don't know. I don't even, I don't think I fully understand it. Have you had any like um, any sort of weird encounters since your videos have started blowing up? Weird encounters? I mean, not really. Like people are usually pretty cool when they come up to me, and it you know it doesn't happen all the time. But like, um, the, you know, the funniest thing, the weirdest. And this is this is this is gonna get me like assassinated. But the <laughs> the it, the weirdest, most intense like fan community. So um, Topps baseball cards did uh, they do a series uh, every year where they have like people in pop culture and they make baseball cards for them. Did you get a baseball card? Oh, I got a baseball card, baby. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so there is a baseball card out there of me, like made by Topps, like the official company. The baseball card fans are the most intense. They like found my parents' address and like, yeah, and like sent the baseball card. They want me to sign. Like, they're just insane baseball card collectors. So they like found my parents' address and what, like, wanted me to sign this baseball (laughs) card. One guy, I did a show in Boston. He drove from like four hours away to get me to sign these baseball cards. Didn't even go to the show. He just like (laughs) knew I was going to be there and like, like these guys, are, like of all the communities, the baseball card community are like insane. That's probably the last community that I would think would have an insane community. Like right? I've heard of like insane, uh, you know, fans of different artists. Like I feel like Tool fans are crazy. Right. We've seen that with I think the Taylor Swift fans as well. Like they can influence multi million dollar companies by their outrage, but like. Tops baseball card didn't have that on my bingo list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are not messing around at all. <laughs> <laughs> have you had any like really notable encounters besides, uh, you know, like weird encounters? Um, well, yeah, it's been crazy. Like over the past few months and years, getting to like you know with Planet of the Base, which was my like song over the summer. Um, you know, I got to perform with the Jonas Brothers, and I did something with Ed Sheeran and. Uh, it's all very, very surreal. Um, so yeah, those, you know, talk about bingo card. Like I did (laughs) not have that on my bingo card. Um, yeah. So like that, that I think is up there for like very strange, but like also talk about social media. I mean, it's so easy to, for anyone to connect with anyone. So it's like those making those connections once they saw my stuff and were a fan of my stuff. It was so easy. It's not like I had to go through like mountains and mountains of like team, you know, their team and talk to this person, talk to that person. Just line to their DMs. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. We got, we got to get you to slide into like my chemical romances DMs. Maybe we can get you to open up or do a song with them at when we were young or something. You can do your song uh, on set with them. I swear I was at emo night last night actually. And, uh, I've uh, had your song stuck in my head and I don't know if it's also because I was filming a video yesterday for my TikTok using your sound. Oh, word. Been listening to it so many times yesterday that going to emo night last night, I was almost like expecting them to play your song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like we need to have a petition to get uh, the emo nights to be playing your song in there to just kind of throw it in there and, and mix it up. Yeah, I, w- <laughs> I would not say no. Yeah, that would be great. Like it's it, it is the funny thing, though, because like so the thing about this song also like 
you know, it has those like big spoken word rants. So I could understand how it's like if you're vibing out, it can kind of like take you out of it really suddenly. But the funny thing about this song and I, I this is uh, the first time I've gotten to talk about this. Of all the songs and really comedy bits I've ever done, this is the oldest. So I have oh, really? been doing, yeah, this song I wrote and have been performing since 2015. And this character, I there's a video, I could send it to you. Uh, it's a different song called I Hate My Stepdad. I wrote that in 2013. And so, like, of everything on the album, of literally any com- comedy bit I've ever done, this is, like, maybe the first bit I ever did. And so it's really, and the story of this song, I used to perform it, uh, you know, I, I moved to New York in 2014 and started doing improv. And then I formed this like pop punk emo parody band, like, cause I had already had these songs. And so I did it with a band called, we were originally called uh, My Dark Little Corner. And then, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we would play shows like, uh, you know, it was a, you know, a pretty minimal setup with like an acoustic guitar. And my friend was playing those like box drum things, you know, that you sit on. Um, But yeah, there are videos from like 2015, 2016 of me, uh, you know, playing this song. And yeah, I would always play it as part of my live sets, but just me and an acoustic guitar. So it's very strange. It's very cool for me and very strange for a lot of people who knew me, like in the New York comedy scene, like, Oh, I heard that song six years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. saw a YouTube video of you doing it on stage, uh, like just with the acoustic guitar and doing the whole, even like the skit in between uh, the words. And I was like, this is great. Like, I love the, I love just how much effort went into sort of um, putting the song together and then putting together the videos. Like, was that something that you sort of did later on? Was that like making a, a, making it a bigger production? Like how did that sort of come to be? So we can start with the music video. Um, I'll give a shout out to Loose Films. They're based in uh, Columbus, Ohio, actually. And they are actually my good friends from college. And so they shot the music video for Planet of the Bass, uh, which is the first song that came out. And then I brought them back for this one because they're just the best. Like they're so good. And, uh, And they knew... And they, they like, I've known them, you know, since college, so they know me and my taste. And so it's like, we have, it's like telepathy, like they know what I'm into and like, and they knew that the name of the game for this video was going to be authenticity and precision. Like even down to like the aspect ratio of the video is like the, not the like super wide. It's like, you know, more like the MTV style. I feel like I'm watching a video from the 2000s when I watch that video. It's like even the font, of like yeah. when it pops up on the bottom corner of like the song name, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm watching a video on MTV in 2005 right now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and they, and they they were so like they they nailed it. I mean, they're so so talented. Um, so yeah, like they they crush it, and like having it be like very high like I yeah I wanted people to feel that I wanted it to seem like oh this could have been a video in 2005 um you know right you know on MTV or uh MTV2 uh (laughs) but uh the but then the the production so the I recorded the whole album uh I went into the studio started recording would have been April I think April or May 
um, and pretty much, you know, was uh, spent all month. Uh, I recorded, so it's funny. So each song on the album is a parody of a different genre. So I have like a 90s Eurodance song. I have a 90s pop, 90s, 2000s pop country. I have like a 60s bossa nova song. So it's really all over the map. Um, but this one I was very excited because the producer of my whole album, his name is uh, Jamie Siegel. He's based uh, on Long Island. He got his start. He he worked on, I think, like every Taking Back Sunday record. He's worked with Patrick Stump and um, I'm going to miss people. He's 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 very enmeshed in this world and like the, you know, like Long Island pop punk emo world. Um, and he's worked. I mean, he's also worked with like, uh, you know, Lauren Hill and like a bunch of artists in a ton of different genres, which is why I was excited to work with him. But I knew. I knew he was going to like crush it on this song. And he did. <laughs> and it sounds like you really went above and beyond to real, like the authenticity part of things was really important to you. And you sort of like went really above and beyond to sort of make sure that that was everything when, when putting this all together, which, you know, I, I think you did a successful job with that. Thanks. Yeah, it was, that was, that was like a big thing for me. It's like, cause if you, if it, if it didn't sound at least to me, like, you know, if something sounded off, like you can hear, you can pick it yeah. up, you could pick up on that. And so I was, I really tried to be very uh, precise, but I knew because, because Jamie, the producer, like really comes from this world. Uh, yeah, I think this was probably the easy, like he, I think maybe like the first mix he sent me, I was like, oh yeah, you, you nailed it. <laughs> what sort of brought this character on? Like, what made you really want to be like, you know what, uh, doing an emo kid impression would actually be fucking hilarious. I need to do this. Yeah. I mean, because cause I, I, you know, I came up with this character and that first song, I Hate My Stepdad. This was back in 2013. So, like, I think we were kind of just coming out of that mid-2000s, maybe, like, emo boom. So, to then, it then it felt like... Um, it just felt like a fresh parody that I hadn't seen a ton of when I first came up with it. Um, and it's been interesting that, you know, I just didn't have the opportunity or the audience or the money to put it out like at, in this fully produced form until now. And so it's sort of closing the book on this sort of bit and character that I've done for so long. And so uh, to be honest with you, I was like a little worried about putting it out now. And I'm like, has its time passed? Like, you know, cause it's, I've been doing this character for so long, but it's one, I think like it's been cool to see people appreciate just the, the fact that it does, you know, it's catchy and the, the, it sounds authentic. Um, but then also there, you know, there's been so many waves of like the interest and passion on a mass scale has like, you know, waxed and waned so much over, you know, people fall in and on like, a, I know the, the core true like scene has always been there, but like the size of like the passionate fan base, I feel has like waxed and waned over like the past 20 years, I guess you could say. Um, and so I was worried, I was like, yeah, is there going to be an audience? And now it's been so cool. I feel like there's such a great, like, renewed interest and passion from like really young people now like gen z in like this alternative culture and uh 
And also, like, there are, you know, there are, like, sort of, like, TikTok emos that, like, um, you know, that are kind of, like, making this sort of music um, that, like, that the my parody works just as well, to, like, about their music as it did, you know, talking about, like, the used or Hawthorne Heights or whatever, you know? Yeah, it all, you sort of, like, I guess, put this all together at a perfect time, especially considering you had this character for so long. Now, dropping this song now when everything's sort of at the height and, you know, when we were young is going into its third year and still kind of riding that momentum of... um people wanting more of the emo world. And I'm I like, I love seeing this sort of revival kind of happen. And like you mentioned too, there are actually a lot of younger people that are kind of coming into this now, which is amazing. Although like, it, and it was really cool being at emo night last night, seeing a mix in the crowd, because I honestly mm-hmm. thought that it was going to be mostly people like our age. Mm-hmm. And it was a mix of people our age and people younger. Although it's, always weird to me when you kind of hear like a younger person say that they don't know who a band like taking back Sunday is, you know, right, so like, right. we're at the bar grabbing a drink and uh, taking back Sunday was on. And uh, some like 20 year old next to us was like, Oh, I actually don't know this song. So like, let's just, we'll grab a drink now. Right. And there's, what do you mean you don't know this song? Yeah, like, this is Taking Back Sunday. Yeah, this is what the whole night's for, is, that, like, you know? But yeah. it's, it's kind of cool seeing, though, like, the younger people discovering a lot of the stuff that we grew up with. And then there's, uh, on the other side of that coin, there's a lot of people that are our age that are sort of discovering a lot of the newer bands that are really big right now, like a Hot Mulligan, who are sort of, like, the biggest emo, like, new emo band right now, but a lot of maybe millennials weren't really keeping up with it. So there's just like a lot of discovery that's happening within the genre. And and then seeing your sort of comedy video, I feel like also kind of brings people into it as well. And it makes us be able to like, you know, like I said, you can kind of like laugh at yourself and you're laughing with us. Is there like a stereotype that you knew that you sort of like really had to lean into with all of this? You know, I kind of wanted the like mall emo aesthetic look you know like sort of the classic uh you know the eyeliner and the and the nail polish and um so that was a big part of it too but i kind of like took a little thing little things from a lot of you know so you have the like very suburban you know i hate my dad like get off my bed honestly like that's the most i wouldn't say i ever like had a strong emo phase in the sense of like you know i i I never like I I was I like wore pajamas to school so I didn't have like <laughs> any like I didn't have any like particular like fashion fans. You but... didn't have the swoop and the eyeliner. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but like when my dad I I you know I was a very angsty teenager so like to this day if you ask my dad to do an impression of me at 16 <laughs> his impression of me is get off my back. <laughs> that, that that's my dad doing me so yeah (laughs) like yeah uh but yeah so i think like definitely that like you know kind of suburban angsty kind of thing um but then also like you know it's like the tumblr poetry lyrics a little bit um you know sort of those were the big kind of things i wanted to uh check off <laughs> i love how perfectly you nailed the like scream as well like even in the video when you go to the teacher and you're just like ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just so like perfect 
you're a stand-up comedian as well. You you do uh, comedy in, in every right. Is the musical comedy sort of your favorite? Yeah. So actually, I don't really do stand-up comedy in the traditional sense. Like, I don't really go on stage and tell jokes as myself. Um, this is sort of – it's funny because, you know, starting in 2020, I started to build an audience on social media, TikTok, and Instagram, and YouTube – um, doing a bunch of different characters. Most of them were not musical, but my live act since, you know, all the way back 2014, it's always been a musical act. It's always been a musical act. So this is kind of fun in that I think it's introduced to the world. People who may have known me like in my content, like over the social media, this is new to them, but like, it's really the, the impetus for putting this album together and doing the full, uh, fully produced version was like, I have all these songs that are part of my live act. I want to, them to be fully produced and like be able to like release them out into the world. So it's kind of funny how it, it was like sort of a lot of twists and turns and went in a weird order of how I, you know, presented it to the world. You're almost like morphing both worlds. Yeah, right? exactly. Like skit and then music and just kind of boom. And now we've got Kyle Gordon is great. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be, uh, yeah, that's the full album with all the different genre parodies. Um, yeah. And that comes out on March 1st and yeah, I'm super psyched. And then I go on tour. Um, I'm going to be touring with a full band in, uh, April. So I'm doing some West coast dates and then doing some, do a show in Boston, um, uh, some in the Southeast and then, uh, for the Netflix is a joke, uh, comedy festival. I'm, I'm doing a show there in May, um, in LA. So yeah. And is that going to have a live taping? Like, can you buy tickets to that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, if you, any of my social media or on my website, kylegordonisgreat.com, you can get tickets to that. And also you can listen to this new song. My life is the worst life ever. And you can pre-save the full album. Kyle Gordon is great. So, uh, yeah, all of those are available for the masses. And for, and for your tour, like, is it going to be more so um, almost like comedy theaters? Or are you doing at, like, venues where you go and watch a band? Like, you know, is, is it yeah. going to be like the big stage with the big rock and roll band and, you know, mosh pits and all? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And that's new for this. So I've toured in the past and it was more comedy venues, like comedy clubs. And it would just be me and my acoustic guitar. So like doing a version of all these songs, but pretty pared down. But especially now that the the, the record's going to be out, like uh, I want people, you know, to hear, you know, in my live show, I want it to sound like it does as close as possible to how it does on the record. So, um, yeah. So for this tour, for the first time, it's the first time I'm going to be touring with a band. And it's also um, the first time I'm going to be playing like proper music venues. So, so Yeah. It'll be, it'll be fun. You know, it'll be an experience. <laughs> that's, that's very exciting. Do you have a favorite, like, character to play? Favorite character to play? Like, I mean, this one is, like, has holds a special place in my heart uh, just because, like, it's, I've been doing it for so long and it's, it's, it's really fun. Um, I, you know, I, I like doing uh, British characters because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do a lot, I have a lot of videos where I sort of, because I, I actually grew up, like, being obsessed with, like, everything British. So, like, uh, you know, I, I, and it's, this is a funny thing, too. I like, to, you know, taking the piss is a British phrase that I think we should 
incorporate more in the U.S. And I think I detect a Canadian accent. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like, in North America, like, because, like, the way I describe it, like, you know, I th- these characters' impressions, I don't think of them as, like, making fun. I think of them as, like, we, we need a term, like, taking the piss, like, lovingly fucking with people or, like, you know, like, uh, I don't, like, the Brits have the best sort of, like, expressions and slang. Like, I love watching British TV shows and just sort of, like, you know, you can pick up on what they're saying in the slang really easily. And you're just kind of like, why don't we say that here? Like, if we said that, said that here, something like taking the piss over here, people would look at you like you're nuts. Right. Yeah. It's not a – but it's, like, it's such a good phrase to describe, like, what I do, I think. Like, you know, like, you know, if I do, like, a emo parody, like – You're you taking know, the piss. I'm just taking the piss. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, it's exactly. not that serious. You know, I'm just taking the piss. Exactly. 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 Yeah. But I like taking the piss out of the, out of British people too. And, uh, <laughs> and I have a video that's, uh, that a character, I do like super posh, like, uh, snooty British people. And then I do, I have another video like making fun of British food. So yeah, I've, I've taken, I, I uh, pretty often uh, take the piss out of British people. <laughs> I love that. Normally, I ask people towards the end of each interview their favorite up and coming band. Usually, that's because I I interview a lot of other bands or like creators within sort of the emo metal punk sort of community. But you know, as someone like yourself, I feel like that's it's still a good question for you as a comedian, considering you're you're a musician yourself making these songs. It's just a different type of art. And, you know, clearly you're very well versed within music in and a bunch of different genres. Now, it doesn't have to be like in the emo world, but do you have a favorite up and coming sort of artist or band, musician, any, anybody that you love that you think deserves more praise for what they're doing right now? Yeah. So I will get first I'll start with, uh, yeah, in the pop punk emo alternative world, I'll give a shout out to uh, this band Smooth Brain. Um, and they're a great up and coming, uh, band in, in, in this world. And they, they, they sound really amazing. And, uh, they, they actually, you could actually, I put one of their songs, I put like a, an official for each of my songs. It's been really fun. I've gotten to put together like an official playlist of like sort of some of the inspiration or like bands that sound sort of like what I'm parodying. And so if you go, uh, if you go find me on Spotify, I have the official worst life ever playlist and I've got some uh, smooth brain on there. But then in the comedy world, um, I'll give a shout out to some of my favorite, um, you know, sort of, up, I guess you could say up and coming co- comedians and creators. Uh, first, Brian Jordan Alvarez. Um, he is, he, so around the summer when I had Planet of the Base, he came out with this song called Sitting that was like very viral and popular. And he's just, I mean, I'm, yeah, he, I'm just blown away by, uh, he does amazing character work and he's like a really very, very talented, uh, improviser and, and actor. Um, and so, and then I'll also give a shout out to, uh, Delaney Rowe, who's another, um, people would know her from probably mostly from social media. She kind of does similar, um, stuff to me in that she does a lot of different characters, but she's great at doing, she's like the best at doing, at parodying, like, movie tropes uh and particularly like rom-com 
or like you know is she the one that does the videos where it's like every uh girl in like a 2000s movie i I mean she's like a genius when it comes to like identifying and parodying like poorly written female characters uh and so um yeah she's she's also one of my favorites i also have to give a shout out to my good friend uh jacob kaplan who i also do a lot of videos with um he's a writer and a comedian and um, he's great. So yeah, those, those are some of the big, uh, people who I've, I've really loved and enjoyed getting to work with. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to sort of mention that people should do? Uh, obviously go and check out, uh, <laughs> my life is the worst life ever. It is hilarious. And you can honestly like I don't know, unironically <laughs> yeah. listen to the song. <laughs> like I can throw that onto a Spotify playlist in my emo playlist and just like it'll come on and it'll just sort oh, of like cheer me up. Um, so uh, go check out Kyle Gordon's song and uh, he is going to be on tour. Check out his website for the tour dates. Get your tickets and uh, the Netflix taping. Is there anything else that you want people to know or uh, yeah, check out? If you want to follow me, um, it's uh, at Kyle Gordon is great. That's my handle everywhere. So That's maybe, uh, if you're new to my stuff, that might be a good place to start to dive in. Thank you for listening to Our Space with Matt Batiste. If you enjoyed yourself, please support the show by subscribing and leaving a review.